The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Chad on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. Reckless. Speculation. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. Happy NBA Draft Day here on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. Uh, every Thursday we go into a Reckless Speculation mode, and also we bring in our friend Darren Doogie Wilson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department for some inside information and steam about our local Minnesota sports teams. Doogie, welcome in. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. Uh, we'd love to start with some Timberwolves. I guess my first question to you is, Tyus Jones just got included in this three-team trade involving uh, Memphis, Washington, and the Celtics. He's kind of shipped off to the no-man's land that is Washington. I mean, the Wolves need an upgrade at point guard and backup point guard here. They could probably make it work by saying goodbye to, like, maybe a Torian Prince salary or something. Is there any reason to be sniffing around there if I'm sniffing on behalf of the Timberwolves? Well, yes. Good morning, gentlemen. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. So the Washington Wizards Reckless speculation. have two point guards that appeal to the Wolves, both Tyus Jones and former Denver Nugget Monte Morris. Now, Washington is looking for either salary freedom, you know, not taking on long-term money. Okay, Torian Prince fits that theme, plus draft picks. Like, I would be surprised. Surprised now, you know what, Declan? Can you do me a favor? Can you look up Morris's contract? Is he in a contract year? Tyus is in a contract year. Is Monte Morris in a contract year, or does he have one more year of additional team control? So that would be the twenty four twenty five season. I might because be if able to so, okay. That here. Prince plus something like they want draft capital. He's in a contract. So that's year. where the Wolves are handcuffed. Do you have it there, Declan? Yeah, he's making 9.8. He's in a contract year. He's a UFA next summer. Okay, so if you're moving Morris, okay, you take on Prince expiring contract, but you need to be incentivized. So what exactly are the Wolves offering in terms of draft capital to convince Michael Winger, who, oh, by the way, full circle, easily could have had the Wolves oboe job back in 2019 if he didn't bail from the process, but the new Wizards boss. Okay, how are you incentivizing that from his standpoint? Uh, Here's what I would say to the Wizards. First of all, you guys just traded Beal and you traded Porzingis and got no first-round picks back for either of those guys. So you're definitely not getting a – not that the Wolves can't trade a first-round pick uh, by rule. Like, So you're you're definitely not getting a first-round pick for either of these point guards. But how about an expiring contract and a second-round pick or two? You know, like – to me, they kind of dug their own value grave by not getting first-round picks for either Beal or Porzingis. So that's that's kind of an easy shutdown for me if they're looking for big-time draft capital. Well, I mean, okay. 
The Wolves can offer that. But Phil, does another team not offer more? Even some sort of protected first-round pick going out a couple years. I mean, heck, I'm multitasking here. NBA source on both Morris and Tyus. Is this a text right now? direct knowledge of Washington. This just came in. Is this a text? You're reading a text. I'm reading a text. If they send them picks, they will move either. So, like, you can get Tyus. You can get Morris. But you have to send them picks. But, like, here's the headline from this back and forth. Tim Connolly has interest in both those guys. Now, not both at the same time. It would be one or the other. But if you could pluck Tyus, great. They're both really if good. If you could pluck Morris, great. You're right, Phil. They're looking for an upgrade at the backup point guard position. You know, real quick. The headline truly is, yes. The Wolves have interest in both those guys. The Wolves will engage Washington if they haven't already in one or both. It's just really hard for me, like it was when I said to Judd yesterday, okay, I can see Tyus being moved from Memphis because my understanding was he was open to a new situation, maybe not necessarily Washington, but he was open to leaving Memphis, but that it would be hard for the Wolves to trump other teams' offers. Well, lo and behold, Marcus Smart, three years left on a very reasonable contract. Mm -hmm. You think about them needing an adult in the room. Marcus Smart, excellent addition for the Memphis Grizzlies. Those two firsts are going to be low firsts. That's not bothering me that Memphis gave up two firsts for Marcus Smart. That, to me, was a genius move. So if you're moving Tyus, okay. Well, we can play this thing out. The price would have been Mike Conley Jr., maybe some combination of Conley Jr. and Tory and Prince. But I guess if you were getting Tyus back, you would have been open to moving Mike Conley Jr. But, like, if you're Memphis, you'd much rather have Marcus Smart, adult in the room, compared to the adult in the room, Mike Conley Jr., because Smart can help you way more on the court. So I have a question for Judd, actually, because Judd, Judd and I have both been very wary about running it back for different reasons and whatever. But if you've decided you're going to run it back largely, if you can get Nas Reed, I think that's like you can't run it back without Nas Reed, but you can get Nas Reed. What if you could replace the Jordan McLaughlin and Jalen Noel minutes largely with a really good professional point guard like a Tyus Jones or a, or a Monte Morris Maybe 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 one of those guys slots in as the starter and Conley goes like. But if you could replace some like twenty five of the junk minutes right. with an actual player who knows what he's doing, would that make you feel better about running it back, Judd? Absolutely, yeah. Because I, it would it would be still uh, the core would be in place, but you'd be putting in a very um, a very probably key addition. So yeah, and I, I don't know that I would consider it running it back completely, but. To your question, yes. If it, if you got Tyus here and replaced you know Jordan with Tyus, I would feel pretty doggone good about the fact that a positive change was made. So, yes. Well, I mean, you need to do something, right? I mean, let's be realistic. Mike Conley Jr., with a bit of an injury history yeah. at his age, is playing how many games next season? Right. 70, if you're really fortunate, 65. So who exactly is leading the way? Now, Ant can play on the ball plenty, but you need a capable backup point guard that can play 28 to 32 minutes for those presumed 11 to 15 to 17 games that Mike Conley Jr. will miss. Yeah, Yeah, super, super interesting. Because you do wonder, how are they looking at this Rubik's Cube? They've got some chunks here. Now, I saw Dane Moore was doing some great work on the new 
because they put out the the salary cap structure for this year finally, and it's actually two or three million more than was maybe projected. Which Doogie, you tell us, but that helps the Wolves because it's like a razor thin line of what they can and can't do based on what Nas gets, and you know, based on what you want to do with like the last three or four spots. Like for instance, Jordan McLaughlin, I think his number is it's non guaranteed, but it's two and a half million dollars. Well, the veteran minimum is two million dollars. And that $500,000 difference might be the difference. But like if you said goodbye to him and hello to a veteran minimum, that might actually be the half million dollars that keeps you under the luxury tax line, for instance. So, I mean, everything they're doing right now has major ramifications on luxury tax lines and, and roster. But if they're going to run it back, at the very least, you got to replace a couple of those regular rotation players that gave you nothing down the stretch last season with, with something competent. Do you sense that there's something big on the horizon or not really? I think big for them is convincing Nas Reed to sign on the dotted line okay. for that mid-level money, about $12.2 million a year, selling him on, hey, we will find you. We'll continue to find you really good minutes. Okay, you're not a starter here. You can go start somewhere else, but you legitimately really like it here. Like, he didn't bail after the season, so they lose in late April to Denver. This has been home base for Nas from that day on. It's not like he went back east from where he's from. He pretty much has spent this entire offseason here in Minnesota, being in the gym on Monday for the draft workout with Gabe Kausher, those guys. I was over there on Monday, right? Who's in the gym? Nas Reed. He really, really likes it here. But, like, is he sold on being a starter? Like, if that's the most important thing, because I don't know if he's getting much beyond the mid-level. Like, let's be realistic, right? Is anybody paying Nas now? Hey, if they do, more power to him. His representation, Sean Kennedy, and those guys, fine. So be it. But is anybody really paying with cap space, Indiana, somebody like that? Are they paying Nas $15 or $16 million a year? I have a hard time believing that, right? So he slots in at the mid-level at 12-2. Jordan McLaughlin, by the way, Phil, at 2-3. 2-3 and change. So, you know, non-guaranteed, you're right about that. But they have to upgrade that backup point guard spot. They know He can't that. shoot. He can't shoot. Oh, he was a disaster at the I, end of the I, season. I love him as, a, as an well, orchestrator. I mean, the but mechanics like, are God. good. It was a disaster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it didn't work. Well, I mean, I think his mechanics are really good. I think he's a legit NBA player. But if he's your third point guard, I think we're losing Doogie. You want to put Doogie in the in the yeah, green the room? Gremlins the gremlins are getting us. Yeah, let's throw Doogie in the green room and we'll... Yeah. Golden Valley's under attack. <laughs> Someone Doogie, go check on the western suburbs. Doogie can reset his his internet there. But that's you know, it's funny, like, on Jordan McLaughlin for a second, at the beginning of the season, and I was probably leading the, the charge on, because I kept, on Flagrant Howls especially, kept bringing up, look at the lineup combinations. Any number of not every time you do like a Jordan McLaughlin with these three guys, he was just an amazing stirrer of the drink. Well, yeah, but then the calf injury happened and he came back. He wasn't the same orchestrator, no. and it was even more glare. You get into a playoff series, no, or, or these late, you know, regular season games, and teams are leaving him wide open in the corner. You got to knock those shots down. These two guys we're talking about from Washington are really good three-point shooters, yeah. Morris and Tyus Jones. That's Tyus the biggest difference. Really good. And and the thing with Jordan was, if I recall correctly, when Dino struggled against Memphis in the playoff series now two springs ago, it was Jordan who came in and stabilized things and played well. Mm-hmm. But then, to your point, when he came back from the calf injury and tried to, tried to play, it was a disaster. On Nas, Phil, 
What's your guess, though, once teams start to court him? Because I feel like, I'm, you know, I'm sure he loves it here. I'm sure what Dukes is saying is true. But there's always that you can't technically talk to teams yet, but then, then you can and you wow. can be sold on what they have. Yeah. I just got to think a team is going to offer him a starting job, but also say, look at what we got here. Look at our building. Look at this. Look at that. And that can be a huge selling point that the Wolves are going to have trouble combating. So I'm just not, I'm looking at the latest. I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question uh, using a cap space argument here. The options are pr- it's not as much about the money for Nas and Doogie kind of alluded to this. So there's there's like seven teams with big cap space, and then the rest of the league is over the cap into the luxury tax. Sure. So for the for the teams that are over the cap, you'd only have you, so. I don't want to get too in the weeds here because I don't think anyone really cares about the like meticulous nature of the NBA cap rules. But for teams that are over the cap, you get oftentimes a mid-level exception, mm-hmm. which is a certain amount of money you can spend. Hey, you don't have any money to spend in free agency, but you get a mid-level exception to go spend money. And this year, that mid-level exception is $12.5 million. Mm-hmm. So a number of different teams could give him the mid-level exception. And that that's probably kind of what it, that's why people keep saying like twelve million dollars for Nas Reed and the Wolves the Wolves because he's an internal free agent the Wolves can can go above and beyond that if they want to um, the Rockets Jazz Spurs Thunder Pistons Pacers Magic all have enough cap space to go above the mid level exception but how many of those teams like Doogie was saying the the Spurs are an interesting one but how many of those teams would go above and beyond the mid level exception for Nas if a team says they will you're probably screwed. But another team, maybe there's like two or three teams that say, hey, we'll, we'll do the 12 and a half mid-level exception. So he maybe he's got like three similar offers in that 12 and a half million range. He played 18 minutes a game for the Wolves last year. And people remember like, well, wait a second. He was, sometimes he was out there for like 30 minutes. Yeah, when Cat was out for 50 games. Right. When everyone's healthy, right? I don't know that you can find 30 minutes a night for, for your backup big and Nas Reed. Yep. So if another team comes along and says, we can't really go above and beyond the mid-level exception, but we can get you 32 minutes a night. Does he value that exposure and playing time and starter role more than, you know, just kind of staying along with the organization that he enjoys being at? Uh, let's throw it back to Doogie here. I think the I internet so. gremlins have subsided here. Well, we'll find out. Oh. Oh. You guys got me okay? One, two, one, two. Or are the gremlins continuing to destroy me? No, I think we're good now. I think we're okay. <laughs> Golden Valley well, is safe for again. For the time being. Yeah, I mean, that's the question. I mean, you know, Nas, like, there's a genuineness about how much he loves it here. Phil, you're right. Is there a pathway? He's not starting, but can you find him something like 26 minutes a game, mm-hmm. right? And inevitably, Gobert's going to miss some games. Cat is going to miss some games in all likelihood, right? So there's some games where he'll play a lot more. I just know this much. He really, really likes it here, and the Wolves really feel like they have a legit chance to keep him. They do. Now, would I bet on him staying? Maybe not right now. Maybe it's more like 35, 65 for me that he'll stay. But I'm just telling you, internally, the Wolves feel like they have a legit shot to re-sign him. So, Dukes, um, the the, uh, surprise Twins news comes down this morning. I believe John Heyman broke it. New York Post. Five years too late, Dallas Keuchel signs a minor league contract with the Twins. What can you tell us about the thinking there? Do you know where he's going to start? And should we expect to see him? Or is this just sort of a favor, a look-see, and if things go well, we might see him? 
Yeah, I mean, more of the latter, right? I mean, it's not like he's hope. trumping, you know, Louis Varland in St. Paul or even Simeon Woods Richardson, who hasn't been good, no. but better of late. Heck, Randy Dobnak's been okay in St. Paul, right? So Dallas Keuchel is merely depth. Why not roll the dice? To me, no such thing as a bad minor league contract. You're right, Judd. I mean, heck, the Twins had some interest in signing him back in 2019. Again, was it 2020? Even going back, I was looking at some text message history. 2015 at one point, like that was before Falvey and those guys. But like the Twins have have had interest in Dallas Keuchel going back a while. John Heyman's guy, Scott Boris, right? So that's okay. Dallas's agent. So of course, John Heyman had had the news. But yeah, my understanding is he'll eventually be in St. Paul. That the idea is Triple A, not necessarily Double A in Wichita. Take a look, see see if. There's something there, maybe, right? Let's see how he looks in St. Paul. I'll never say never, but like this is completely a depth move. You know, they just they need another starter and you know, see what he can do. He's been training a driveline baseball out in the West Coast. You know, they've sent the twins all sorts of video. The twins have done their due diligence. Hey, why not sign him to a minor league deal? Yeah, it's it's funny because like if we haven't been following twins baseball for the last however many years, you'd say Okay, yeah, and, and there's a big Twitter thread from uh, the director of pitching ops from Driveline, who obviously has a vested stake in making Dallas Keuchel sound amazing because it's his business. But and he's showing here's video of him getting his velocity up to 89. It used to be 87. Here's the extra added spin on the slider, all this stuff. So you know he's not he's not ancient. He's he's 35 years old. So objectively, there's really no risk here. It makes some sense. But having watched the Twins for a long, long time, you're like, of, of course, this is a classic, like, used DVD bargain bin. <laughs> you know, you're just, like, sifting through. So, I don't know. I, I guess, whatever. It's it's a There's really no downside to this. And if he can revert back to somehow his form from, like, two or three years ago. But he in two, with the White Sox in 2021 and then with, like, three different teams last year, he was absolutely one of the most hittable pitchers in all of baseball and in an era where velocity and strikeouts are sort of the currency he is the exact opposite of that and he's been for his whole career so we'll I guess we'll see Doogie but yeah I mean I, the evidence I, he's not gonna save Bill, your team yeah I mean the evidence says he's cooked yeah, yeah I mean last year he was horrendous you're right 21 as well but especially last year there's a reason why he was out there here on June 22nd that he didn't sign a minor league deal previously, right? So, but, hey, minor league deal. Like, there's zero downside. It's that time of the year. Guys are opting out of contracts or guys are clearing waivers after being DFA'd. I had the news the other day of the Twins signing this catcher that has some major league experience with the Reds and the Orioles, right? So that's some depth with Walters hurt for the St. Saint Paul Saints, so they needed a catcher, right? So the Saints add this catcher. Merely depth, right? But if something happens to Vasquez or Jeffers, okay. Maybe a guy like that is in the mix. But, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, I've seen people on Twitter already, right? They're having fun with it. Like, hey, you know, pull ads. They won't spend any money, right? They had to sign a guy to a minor league deal, this, that. It's not worth the energy. It's a minor league contract. Hey, the Twins signed Willie Castro to a minor league contract. Where would the Twins be right now without Willie Castro, right? <laughs> Who would have thought you'd be rolling that? They signed a lot of other guys to minor league deals, and it doesn't matter, right? But you occasionally hit on a guy, Brock Stewart. Where would the Twins' bullpen be without Brock Stewart? He's been good. That was a minor league contract. You do this. Every organization in baseball does this. They sign guys to minor league contracts. You roll the dice. You see if there's something there.
Uh, to timetable on the return of Polanco. I saw he's actually started to do a little bit of work, but they're being incredibly cautious because it's it's the same hamstring but a different area. But they think that they rushed him back last time. What's they the expectation did, yeah. for him to get back here? Yeah, I saw him in the clubhouse the other day when I was in there. He was in good spirits, but didn't necessarily want to do anything on camera. But yeah, it's still going to be a little while longer, Judd. But like, I don't think this will be a four to six more week type injury that he'll be back at some point here as the schedule eases up after this road trip, after these games in Atlanta and Baltimore. I do think the July schedule offers some opportunities to win some games that Jorge Polanco should be back. But hey, at this point, maybe you hold him out until after the All-Star break, give him a few more weeks, send him on a rehab assignment that they did rush him back a bit too much last time around. What is? Do you have any idea what the temperature internally is over at Target Field? Just as I'm going to zoom out here for a second. They won last night, and and they had you know the feel good walk off, and that was I think huge for them to just mentally reset. Now Rocco got Rocco forced an ejection to try and spark the guys a little bit, but two nights ago they got buried. They were down ten nothing. They fell two games below five hundred. You know, after the game, he said when you're when you're playing baseball at the lowest possible point you can, like it's it's tough. Whatever it re- it felt really heavy a couple days ago, and I I know they're still in first place, but. For the you know, it's the third straight year now where you're trying to win big and yet you're struggling to keep your head above 500. What is the general temperature over there, front office down to field staff ownership? I mean, is there any sort of urgency? Is there any appetite for hey, if they don't start to make some hay here, you could see some changes after the season? What is your sense, Dukes? Well, my sense is no, right. Like, I get it. You know, the temperature is overheating with with a majority of the fan base, you know, yearning for some sort of change. At least make a change with the hitting coach, right? Do something, right? The optics, you need to do something. I'm telling you internally, Phil, just like people asked me weeks ago, hey, Max Kepler, and I would make the move. I would DFA Kepler. I would bring Matt Walner up. To me, Walner is riding in St. Paul, but people asked me three weeks ago, what's going on with Max Kepler? I said, There just isn't anything going on. There's no buzz that they're ready to cut the cord on Max Kepler, right? And that's been the case. Now, he's been a little bit hot of late, but there just there hasn't been that buzz. There is no buzz, Phil, that any sort of change is coming. Sure, there's frustration. Heck, I spoke with Ryan Jeffers the other day, a couple other guys in the clubhouse. They were verbalizing how frustrated they are. But I'm just telling you internally, Phil, like if you're talking about is Rocco in trouble, is Popkins in trouble? I'm just telling you, no. I just don't get that sense that they're ready to cut the cord on anybody right now over there. Dukes, do you sense that um, the uh, the youngster Jim Polad is any more involved? Yeah, Joe. In, Joe. Yeah, Joe. Or Joe, yeah, yeah than, than um, was previously the case? Yeah, I mean, he's over there. I mean, he's got an office over there, right? Yeah, so he's over right. there way more than, than Jim was slash is. But he's still learning stuff he's still you know trying to figure things out but yes I mean in terms of just being there being seen way more so than Jim well dropping a bunch of games though I mean it doesn't take a long time to learn that that's not a good thing like you might want to talk to somebody and tell them it's got to improve soon agree well I mean heck even attendance right I mean well, yeah. you know they're right in the middle right but I think they expected a little bit more by this point of the season in terms of attendance Right, yeah. so you start thinking about that. You wonder about the future of of what TV looks like. Like, there's a lot of things that mm. they need to figure out mm. over there. So, trust me, uh, they have those conversations on a practically a daily basis. But 
you know, in terms of just, you know, Joe, you know, willing to blow things up here in the, in the near term. No, I just, I don't, I don't get that sense whatsoever. There's just, yeah, there's very rarely a sense of urgency with this franchise. It feels like it, it's very, I don't know, man. I don't even know what, like, what are the aspirations of the ownership group? And with, with Jim, it always just felt like, you know, we could just kind of aspire to be a fun place to hang out at the ballpark. And, you know, we love, we love Terry and it, 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 it I'm not saying you need, you know, uh, a helicopter parent owner. And then that's going to, I don't, I don't need like Joe Polad to be grabbing the wheel because I think when owners do that in sports, it can be bad too, but it just feels like a malaise half the time or more than half the time with the twins. And I think it stems from probably the Polad family largely since they moved into target field. That's just my sense. Yes. But like, do you want, well, maybe you do want Steve Cohen, right? With all the money he'd spend. Well, yeah, I mean, if, you want if, if you want to spend $300 family? million. Dollars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what it is, Phil. Now I don't disagree with what you just laid out, but when you spend the money you spend on Correa, when you give Pablo Lopez $73 million, when you give Byron Buxton $100 million, they expect to win. They expect to end this 18-game playoff losing streak very, very soon. They expect to make yeah. some noise in October, right? Now, whether you know the actions back up that thinking, we can have that conversation. That's plenty fair to have. But I'm just telling you, they feel like, hey, they've assembled a roster that should be a lot better than one game under 500 right now. Yeah. Uh, let's empty the scoop bag here, Doogie. Anything else that you want to throw out there? Yeah, so just into day? the Channel 5 newsroom. How about this? Ole Udo of the Vikings, who it surprised me that he resigned back in March. I thought there was a starting tackle job out there, right? I mean, he started, what, how many games last year, Judd? Was it two or three, something like that? Yeah, yeah, a couple. Anyway, I thought there might be a little bit of a market out there for sure. him to go get a starting right tackle job. How about this? Ole Udo... Three separate citations in the month of May, one for reckless driving, a second for going 95 in a 55 zone, a third for going slightly over 55. But didn't Barry do that too? Yeah, he did in Woodbury. Hey, it's like a Vikings tradition. You got to have someone, someone try to get to 100 miles an hour, right? Cross down 60. Yeah, it was, it was cross down. Yeah, and it was more than. 95, but still 95 and a 55? Yeah. Three nice separate car. citations just in the month of May? Oli, like, what the heck are you doing? Lead, lead foot Oli over foot, there. Let's, you know, just likes to drive a little fast. Man, a Calm down, guy. Yeah. Calm down. Yeah. So, anyway, besides that, on the Vikings front, you've got TJ Hawkinson at Tight End University right now in Ooh. Nashville at Vanderbilt. So, that's led by George Kittle. Good nugget. Led mm. by Travis Kelsey. So, Hawkinson is down there. Nick Love Mullins it. is one of the quarterbacks at this camp this week. So, a couple yeah. Vikings down at tight end university. Wow. And so, Nick Mullins working out with uh, the skill position players. Now, where's Kirk? Huh? Where's Kirk? Why can't Kirk? <laughs> wow. What's Kirk doing, huh? Yeah, he's, oh, now he's a big Netflix star, huh? Can't go work out with Hawkinson? Okay. Wow. Trey Lance is down there. Future <laughs> Viking Trey Lance. Trey Lance is one of the quarterbacks down yeah, there. Yeah, I think Trey Josh Lance Allen is, is down there. So Josh Allen can go. Yeah, I don't know if Kirk was even extended the opportunity. But anyway, Nick <laughs> Mullins, because former teammate of George Kittles, right? There is that connection from their Niners days. Nick Mullins was invited. He took up the opportunity. Wyatt Gilmore, the top football recruit in the state class of 2024. Defensive lineman slash tight end. He'll play defensive line at the next level from Rogers High School. He takes his final official visit this weekend 
to the University of Oregon. The Gophers want him badly. I would not be shocked if he goes to one of these helmet schools, whether it's Oregon, Oklahoma, or Miami. But that last official visit this weekend in Eugene with the Ducks. Hey, there he dog. is. On, on Hawk. Have, have we heard, because, you know, we, we've talked extensively about the Justin Jefferson contract. Is, is there an update on where things stand with getting TJ Hawkinson extended beyond 2023? Yeah, I mean, besides some initial dialogue with Neil Cornrich, his representation, yep. I don't sense, Judd, that it's gotten real far. Now, maybe it does on the eve of training camp or those few days leading into the start of training camp. A lot of guys are are on vacation right after the fourth for a stretch. But, like, no. Like, I don't sense it's gotten real far off the ground. On their to-do list, like, no doubt in my mind, the Vikings have every intention of signing him. But if you look at the franchise tag for a tight end, Judd, if it gets to that point, it's not absurd. Like, you could. That's one position where you could if you wanted to. You could just play this thing out, then come Mm. next March, put Mm. the franchise tag on TJ Hawkinson. Interesting. Super interesting. Okay. All right, Dukes. We see you. We see you, Darren. Good stuff. All right. Well, I'm glad the connection played out. You're you're fine. Yeah, Yeah, I came back strong. Gremlin's gone. See ya. All right. Enjoy your draft tonight. See ya. Darren Doogie Wilson from the Five Eyewitness News Sports Department. A couple, man, as we sit here, I'm sure it'll be this way all day here. A couple interesting NBA nuggets coming down the pipeline that we're going to get to in just a second. But a shout out to EcoFun. Uh, one of our great partners here on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. So it's definitely scooter season out there. It's uh, it's everything season, really. But scooters from 49cc up to 300cc in stock and ready to ride. And you can enjoy these fun rides while averaging up to 115 miles per gallon as well. So uh, as long as you have a driver's license, you got to have a driver's license to to ride these things. So be safe. And uh, also Yamaha, Bintelli, and Scootstar electric bikes are in stock and on sale. Two different metro locations for EcoFun. You can find them up in Forest Lake off I-35 and Burnsville off 35W and Connie Road 42. EcoFunMotorsports.com. And Twins tickets say this longest homestand ever. Is today the last day? Yeah, yep. today's it in Detroit this weekend. So you can catch them then, I believe, after the 4th is when they're going to come back from their road trip for uh second half of the season approaching two tickets available at twins.com slash tickets. Royce Lewis with another a double last night. I think Royce Lewis is enough for me to buy a ticket, like just to watch that guy play baseball. And it's also the, the best bar in the Twin Cities for uh for my evaluation. Twins.com slash tickets. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. 
So, Dex, you sent us this during the scoop session there. Shams reporting, Scoot Henderson is gaining serious momentum at number two with the Charlotte Hornets in tonight's NBA draft. Hornets have been torn over the last week between Henderson and Brandon Miller. The team has final meetings today to settle on a decision. This could be so many different things. So the Hornets already have LaMelo Ball, obviously, as their mm-hmm. primary ball handler. So Scoot Henderson seems like a weird fit. Brandon Miller seems like a perfect positional fit. Are they putting that out there to garner up more trade interest? If the Blazers don't get access to Scoot Henderson, does that change their thinking? Brandon Are Miller they- also has to be a concern, right? Like, his off-the-court stuff isn't exactly... That's got to be very concerning. Yeah, it's weird because it's all all been downplayed and everyone's done their due diligence. Well, he brought... He allegedly, or he did, bring the gun to his friend who killed somebody, correct? Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. Well, but I'm just just saying I could see that having major um, implications. Yeah, and even just, like, who are you hanging out with? Right, I kind of want to know. Like, yeah. What, yeah, exactly. That's are you mature? Are you what's your what's your deal, guy? That's not a speed. At, at the ticket. very least, what's your deal, guy? Right. At yeah, most, did you did you? And can we trust you? And plus, all all of that. How how much? Just top of mind now, has the jaw thing gotten in into people's heads too? Because like like the John Moran thing's a big. You know, we we can debate it, but it's a big deal. And the league spent it for what twenty five games. Yeah. And so I'm sure there's a lot of things about this that at least are cause for concern. Yeah. And obviously, like, what happens with the number two pick affects what the Blazers do at number three. And the Blazers, they're, like, this morning, Wendy was on a roll. <sighs> Wendy fingers all over the place. He knows, why he is knows, that? He knows stuff. He knows stuff. <laughs> that he, the way he laid it out was if you brought in, like, uh, like a counselor to talk with the Blazers. You said, okay, on one hand, here's like side one over here is you've got the number three overall pick. You could, you could land if it's Scoot Henderson, a potential generational ball handler player here that can be the centerpiece of your franchise for the next 10 years. Right. And then over here you have Damien. So that makes sense. Like you should do that. And then over here, you got Damian Lillard who wants to win and play with veteran players and you're probably not going to win big with Portland, and you should do that too. So, like, a counselor would tell the Blazers, don't fight this. You should just do... And he even brought up the Timberwolves example with Kevin Garnett from 15 years ago. Okay. He said, I mean, the Timberwolves were fighting it for a couple of years, and it's like, you're, you're just kind of screwed from a roster perspective. Just get what you can for for Kevin Garnett here. So the, all, of, all of this is going to play out more. There's another one here, too, that Ian Begley from... SNY in New York is saying the Knicks and Clippers have had a Paul George trade discussion. The Clippers nice. are shopping him. I saw that two days ago. Wow. The Clippers never are actively healthy. trying to shop Paul George. Great player, but dude doesn't play. Him and Kawhi, it's like. I was going to hmm. say, they got two guys that are brilliant talents that can't stay on the floor. Yeah. So there's just, yeah, I tonight could either be a silent dud for the Wolves and they get a someone in the second round that's going to be around for training camp and stuff. There could be fireworks. I really, the more, and we'll see after the draft where things stand, but I really kind of like the idea of if you can go to Washington and say, come on guys, you guys are, you're just, you're tanking, you're rebuilding. You don't need these 26 year old guards. Could you get one of those guys from Washington? But you could. Yeah. And what would it take to get, could you do it for like 
some sort of expiring contract and a couple second round picks or something. I, so that, that really interests me. Is Wendy saying that Portland should trade Dame then? Well, Wendy doesn't. Wendy doesn't always give his opinion. He's mostly. Well, what, what was your sense of it? But he was essentially saying it doesn't. There's not really a path for Portland in the next year or two, unless unless something crazy pop. He go. I think they brought up like if you can get Zion Williamson for the number three, and he can stay healthy. That yeah, that is the type of talent that if he stayed healthy, like you're a contender. Yeah, but he's played 120 games in four years. He's, he's staying put if he could stay healthy. Right, but like he'd but, be a tremendous... yeah, but like if New Orleans is like, well, we're, we don't trust yeah. him to stay healthy. Yeah, or maybe he isn't incentivized to be healthy because he doesn't want to be there or something. But would they? He's saying essentially, would you really trade the number three pick for? He didn't say Towns, but for like a Towns level player, is that really going to be enough to get you where you want to be with Dame? And if not, just rip the Band-Aid off. It's my opinion. You know? That's a smart move. I'd nuke it. They should. I'd nuke they it. They should. I don't know. Declan, have you have your Blazers sources floated you anything they've, else here? They've gone quiet. I I they've said gone they've quiet. gone totally quiet. I, I've I've heard it's a, it's 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 chaotic there over there though. I heard oh, it's been very busy the last twenty four hours. Thanks Chaos. for that update. Why We're is watching that? Wendy? What's going on here? What Chaos. should we do? Crazy Wendy. chaos. Do we make the pick? Wendy's gonna talk. Hey, Wendy's gonna talk. Why is that? It's chaos. Why is there chaos? <laughs> I will say this though. Good on the NBA for coming out with its cap being higher than projected. Do you know how much more fun this creates? Yeah. And meanwhile, my our league, Declan, yes, is, know. you know, well, we can't now. It's going to move a million dollars here and a million dollars there. Yeah. It, the NBA has absolutely, right. well, it's second. Football's first. But the NBA is a close second or a 1B in perfecting the offseason. Yeah. It is. And then you go right from... Like the 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 regular seasons, kind of, it's like <laughs> passive watching. Yeah, it is. Idiots like me love to watch regular season basketball, but the playoffs super exciting, especially lately yep. when anyone can win. The ratings go up, and then the NBA Finals happens, and then a week later you get, you don't even miss a beat. The NBA Finals happens, and then there's speculation week up to the draft, and then the yep. draft happens, and then there's another week of speculation up to the league year opening up and it's just bang, bang, bang. And then everyone takes a deep breath in like the second half of August for a couple months. And then the regular season starts again. It's, it's magnificent. It's the smartest thing ever. Yes. So, all right, well we should shut up and post this before, you know, five crazy trades happen here, but uh, we're going to monitor tonight. If anything gets weird, I will be on standby to jump on for a live episode. I know Kyle is on standby as well for Flagrant Howls, and uh, we'll see what happens. So Feedback Friday tomorrow across both shows, live at 10 o'clock on Purple Daily, live at 11 o'clock. This is Central Time for Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. Thank you for celebrating this Reckless Speculation Thursday. Reckless Speculation.